0: Hi, you are listening to the Fab and Flawed Podcast, the podcast for folks like me who are just trying to get their shit together, live a little bit healthier, and find a little bit more balance in life. From kicking negative thoughts of our heads to kicking ass, we've got this. Hey, we all have baggage, so let's unpack it together. Hi, and welcome to episode three of Fab and Flawed. I'm your host, Jen Rowe, co-founder of the running group from Fat to Finish Line, certified life coach, and a Jersey girl with a colorful vocabulary who's trying to help you and I push the bullshit holding us back out of the way. Quick warning, I do curse a lot, and if you're offended by, as mentioned, colorful vocabulary, you may want to turn back now. Still with me? Okay, this is part two of our chat about the mean voices and toxic thoughts in our heads. If you missed part one, I urge you to go take a listen to episode two before starting this one. So, in the last episode, I shared a few stories of some of the worst things that have embedded themselves deep into my thoughts and psyche. From other people's words and opinions affecting me, to cultivating my own destructive inner voices, these thoughts have played a pretty big role in my life. I mentioned three voices that I've watched out for. The bitchy bully, the ratchet realist, and the backhanded buddy. But we didn't even scratch the surface of all the voices that can join the thought party. I mean, there's the what if voices, the worried voices, the you deserve a reward voice. I mean, there's just so much shit to think about. But we'll save those guys for another time. I can quickly fall down a rabbit hole on this stuff. Thankfully, my thoughts aren't all bad, right? My good thoughts and focusing my thinking in positive directions have made a huge impact for me, too. It was my positive thinking and controlling of my thoughts that helped me to land my first job in the entertainment field, co-found a film and television company, start running, and even start this life coaching and podcasting journey. The way you think about something is everything. One of my personal favorite quotes is from Ford. He said, whether you think you can do a thing or think you can't, you're right. This is not just a cool quote to put in a meme or print on a mug. This is everything. Let me say that again. Your thoughts determine everything. From the challenges you take on to the friends you hang out with, to whether or not you eat that extra piece of cheesecake, to your mood. Your thoughts literally control your emotional and mental state. You can control your moods better if you can figure out how to change your thoughts. For example, if you wake up early and have a long run or lots of outside errands to do, say it's pouring out. Is your first thought, ugh, this weather sucks, or is it, yay, I get to play in the rain? If you're stuck in traffic, do you immediately feel cranky, pound your steering wheel, and want to flip off every person on the highway? Or do you think to yourself, all right, no problem. Now I have a little extra me time to listen to my favorite podcast, call a friend I haven't talked to in a long time, or finish that audiobook and never have time for? Her. Now, if you picked a negative reaction, don't feel bad, you're not alone. In fact, my brain has a default habit to go to the, ugh, this is total ass option. I'm automatically there and on speed dial. But now that I'm aware of it, I do have an option to not just sit in a shitty diaper all day, as Corinne Crabtree from Fit and Fat would say. And notice the words I used there. I said my brain has a default habit. A habit, and that's really important to note. Our brains love habits; they make life easier because doing stuff on automatic is efficient. But the good news is, is habits are something you can work on changing. Here's an example of that. When I first started running, I had a habit of staying up too late and sleeping as late as I could. I hated to get up early. My brain would automatically default to fuck this, I'm going back to bed. As I was training for my first marathon, I would often have to get up at 4 a.m. to get long runs out of the way before the family got up. I got into a habit of not only waking up early, but enjoying it. Some days I'd wake up with that first fuck this uh, knee-jerk reaction because, let's face it, I had a lifetime habit of preferring sleep over any kind of exercise. But I really worked at it, and the habit of waking up with fuck this shit began to change to fuck yeah, we got this. Look at me getting up at 4 a.m. I changed my thoughts about the situation. I started to focus on things I liked about getting up early. The quietness. The running and talking time I got with friends I was training with. How bad I felt when I told people I got out of bed at the crack ass of dawn just to run. And how wonderfully accomplished I felt when I got home from a, a, a long run and had just knocked 10 miles out while my family was still fast asleep. Now, If I wasn't aware of my thoughts, I might have never run that marathon. I was able to shut down my backhanded buddy who would say, getting up at this time is crazy. You don't have to do this. You've got nobody to prove anything to. And think about how tired you're going to feel later on today. In fact, you deserve to sleep. But controlling your thoughts doesn't just help you achieve goals or be in a better mental state. It can actually save your life. There's this fascinating story heard on the NPR podcast, This American Life. The episode was called In Defense of Ignorance and featured filmmaker Lulu Wang. Now, Lulu emigrated to America with her family at six years old. She shared the story of her grandmother who still lived in China and was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and given just three months to live. According to Lulu... Chinese people have a saying, when people get cancer, they die. And it's not the cancer that, that kills them, it's the fear. So the family decided to not tell the grandmother the grim news and instead told her she was in perfect health. That was in 2013. Each year, the grandmother would return to the doctor and the family would be told she had weeks, maybe only days, to live. But the family would tell grandma every single time. Hey, you're in great health. Now, I'm not sure if grandma is still alive to this very day, but I can tell you they found an interview from Lulu Wang from July of 2019, six years later, and grandma was still in quote-unquote perfect health with only a few months to live. By the way, Wang turned this story into a film, and it's called The Farewell. You can check that out. So, how do we take bullshit thoughts and turn them around? Well, first of all, We must become aware it's happening and willing to call it out and challenge it. Corinne Crabtree, who I love and mentioned earlier, often says when cruddy thoughts try to derail her, she literally says out loud, no, we don't get to think this way anymore. Whether it's a negative bullying voice about her body or some other bullshit that threatens to stand in her way, she speaks back. Now that sounds simple, but sometimes just talking back to the voices out loud makes all the difference. Corinne Crabtree, Jill Angie, Brooke Castillo, Rachel Hart are just a few of the podcasters I really like listening to because whether their podcasts are about losing weight, running, drinking, or anything in between, they know it all comes down to controlling your thoughts, And they work with a method called the think-feel-act model. This is a really mind-blowing method and it's a wonderful habit to get into putting it into practice. The gist is this. The way you think about circumstance controls the way you feel, which leads to your action and results. I love this work because you can really break down all your thoughts and you can approach this in a few different ways. Let's take running as an example and break that down. The circumstance is your training run. Your thought is, I don't feel like doing this. The feeling that comes from that is dread. And what kind of action might come from dread? Well, you might blow off the run, and then what's the result? Not getting your training in, and maybe even being under-trained for your race. Now let's change the thought. Instead of your thought being, I don't want to do it, can we plug in, I can't wait to run today. Now how do you feel? Maybe you feel excited, which leads to what kind of action? Maybe that leads to lacing up and getting out there. Your result? A training run. Check. The think-feel-act cycle is definitely worth Trying. Another thing I really recommend is journaling. Stop bitching about it. I know you don't like to journal. Well, maybe some of you do, but a lot of you don't. I hear it all the time. Stop. This is one of the best ways to conquer those mean voices and figure out why you're having negative thoughts. Do yourself a favor and find Laurie Hellcat Bamford's Facebook Live on the From Fat to Finish Line film page. She has amazing tips and insight on how to journal out those negative thoughts and challenge them. Many times, if you just start writing about how you're feeling and why, you can start seeing in black and white the shit that's stuck in your head. Once it's on paper, you can actually challenge it. Ask if it's true. Ask if there's other ways to think about it. I cannot tell you how much that writing stuff out has helped me. Ask yourself questions. If you're in a shitty mood, why are you in a shitty mood? Sometimes I don't know why I'm in a shitty mood, but when I ask myself the question and put a pen in my hand, I can start saying, well, the weather sucks and I don't like being stuck in a pandemic or I don't like the way my clothing is fitting at least you start to identify what is happening and then you can figure out how to change it the other thing i really recommend is listening to people and reading books by people who dive into thought work now i just mentioned the podcasts i love who do this in the last episode i also mentioned jack canfield his book the success principles is an amazing tool for this he taught me how to use meditation visualizing affirmations, gratitude, and journaling to mention just a few of these techniques to help me figure this shit out. Now, when I first started running, I used many of these techniques. I would affirm several times a day, I am a successful runner who joyfully can run 13.1 miles. Now, at the time, I was not even a runner yet. I couldn't even run an unjoyous 13 seconds. So, at first, this would feel really, really forced. But soon, just doing this every day, I began to believe I was a runner. I would also close my eyes every morning and visualize what it would feel like to run that half marathon happily. I'd see the crowds on the side. I'd look down at my sneakers, pounding the pavement. I would see the finish line just a couple yards away and feel the joy of crossing it and getting that medal. I would see my victory dinner and a glass of wine in my hand. I would feel the pride of accomplishment. Every night I wrote about the gratitude of getting closer and closer in my, in my journal and in my victory log. This was a whole new way of thinking for me. Therapy has also helped me a lot. There are more intense ways to actually overcome really, really deep negative emotions and thoughts that we don't even we don't even know are there. There's a method called ECM, which is known as emotional clearing method, which is a method that I learned as a, uh, while I was training to be a life coach. And it's really interesting. ECM works with your brain's neuropathways to release patterns and connections to limiting beliefs and negative emotions that block many of us from moving forward towards freedom and our goals. Now, the interesting thing about ECM is it takes an approach that there are certain limiting beliefs and negative thoughts that are so ingrained in in us that we didn't even form them. Like, according to ECM, many of us have negative and limiting beliefs in our DNA, which is interesting and a whole different study in and of itself. So that's something to consider is uh, approaching something through an ECM type of uh, treatment. The other thing that's really interesting and another thing you could try is a guided meditation. Now, guided meditations I really like um I've been trying to meditate a lot more and I find guided meditations to be the most useful so what I do is I'll just go on YouTube and I'll find something that I really want to meditate on whether it's trying to forgive myself or someone else or trying to figure out what I um, my truest self needs and wants in that moment, you can YouTube almost anything when it comes to guided meditation and that will help you to really uh, set your day in, in the right way. Um, another thing that has helped me overcome Negative thoughts is hypnotherapy. Now, believe it or not, hypnotherapy is a really, really legitimate treatment and could be really useful for a lot of people depending on what your situation is. I first heard about hypnotherapy probably right around, I want to say, the late 80s, 90s, someplace in there. I, I don't remember exactly. All I know is my mother was a lifetime cigarette smoker. She had smoked a pack or two a day, every day since, you know, forever, and one day, back in the late 80s, I guess, or early 90s, I think it was the early, it was the 80s, it was like maybe 1987, 88, because I was still in high school, but in any case, um... My mother went to work one day, and back in the day, you could just smoke at work, I guess, you know, where she worked, you could, and she worked in an office. And one day, her company said, you're not allowed to smoke anymore, uh, you know, rightfully so, and we are offering all of the employees a free chance to go to a hypnotist to quit smoking, since we are now uh, making this a, uh, a rule in the company. So my mother was like, okay, it's free. And I could take an afternoon off from work. So I might as well give this a shot. My mother walked in kicking and screaming and pretty much going for a free afternoon off from work and walked out a non-smoker. And she hasn't smoked since. And this is, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago, maybe more. So later on in my own life, um, part of her course of treatment after the hypnotist hypnotized her they gave her an audio cassette for all you old school people who know what a cassette is but they gave her an audio cassette and she went home and she would listen to it at night before she would go to sleep to reinforce this now i had started smoking sometime in high school i wanted to quit at one point and i stole my mother's audio cassette and just listening to the cassette without even going to hypnotherapist was enough to help me quit smoking so that was really amazing. So I remember that from, like, I don't know, 1990-ish. I don't I don't know, 91, 92. I don't even remember, but it was a long time ago. Helped me quit smoking. Now... How this relates to other things is it's not just about smoking. I I think a lot of people have heard of hypnotherapy for quitting smoking or losing weight, uh, things like that. You might have heard of hypnotists for like goofy things on the Howard Stern Show or, you know, whatever, like side tricks, right? But there is something about hypnotherapy and it taps into your deeper subconscious level and it implants thoughts or I don't know if it implants that sounds creepy but it does something I'll, I'll do a little bit more research but in any case all I know is I was coming up on the New York City Marathon and I know that some of you might have heard this story before but I was coming up on the New York City Marathon the first time I was doing it and absolutely fucking dreading it. I was scared shitless. I didn't feel ready. I was sure I was going to make it. Um, all of the negative feelings and emotions and voices were running amuck in my head. And I just was freaking out. I had spoken to somebody in the From Fat to Finish Line community. Who kind of said to me. Well, I'm really sorry you're freaking out. This is going to be an amazing thing. And it really sucks that like you feel this bad about it. And I kind of talked pause to that because I was like you know what this does suck that I'm feeling bad about this I want this to be a great experience so I went on the internet and I don't know what I was typing exactly but I wanted to change my thoughts about this because I knew that you know even before I was doing life coaching and before I was here where I kind of knew a little bit more about thought work I knew I had changed my thinking I knew I knew that you know back then I would say I'm in my head and I was really seriously in my fucking head and I wanted to get out of my head because I wanted to have a good race and I wanted to have a good experience. And I didn't give a shit if I was going to do a fast race. I just wanted to do a race where I didn't dread it and I wanted to cross the finish line feeling happy. So I did a little Google research. Because, you know, who doesn't love the Googles? And I found this woman in, you know, pretty close to me who did hypnotherapy. And I read an article on her website about her helping some lady overcome her fears of mountain biking or something. So I decided to reach out to her, and I said, you know, I'm having this fear about running this New York City Marathon, and it's coming, and I'm going to go, you know, no matter what. So can you help me? And she said, sure, come on in. And I went in there, and I went under the hypnosis thing, and I remember, I don't remember much about the actual session, except that I was crying in the middle of it. So I'm not sure where the hell we went in this hypnotherapy, but... I remember coming out of there super excited to run the New York City Marathon. And she had given me an MP3, which I'll put on my website if I can, so you can listen to a little bit of it. And I listened to it every night leading up to the race. And basically, it was reinforcing positive messages. It was saying, look at the finish line and and wave at the people on the sideline. And you see mile marker six, seven, eight, nine, 15, 18, whatever, passing by and feeling strong, feeling tired, feeling what you would feel when you're running and, and working hard, but feeling excited. And that was really a life changer for me because I think that I could have really messed up that experience. And because I took the time and the chance to try figure out something alternatively, it was a really successful experience. So my point with all of this is, is sometimes, you know, when you think that maybe things are so deep seated that you cannot get around it through journaling, questioning it, calling it out, calling a spade a spade, sometimes you might have to look into a different type of, uh, way of approaching it, whether it's hypnotherapy, ECM, which by the way, um, as a life coach, I'm, experienced in helping people with um, therapy um, or guided meditation, be willing to look outside of the norm because you never know where you're going to find the piece of the puzzle that you've been missing. So anyway, that's about it for me. I want to thank you guys for joining me. Uh, This is the second part of my talk about the negative thoughts in our heads and the mean fucking voices. It probably will not be the last time we talk about this because I do believe that, like I said earlier today, thoughts really are everything when it comes to us and us moving forward. But, um, yeah, I just want to say thanks again. Uh, This is my third episode. I look forward to being with you again and have a great day. Bye now. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. My goal is to help you dream bigger, find joy, and reach your goals. If you want to suggest a topic for the show, or learn how you can bring me on as your very own personal life coach, then visit me at fabandflawed.com. That's F-A-B-A-N-D-F-L-A-W-E-D.com, fabandflawed.com. I look forward to being a part of your journey and I thank you so much for being a part of mine.